Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. We're going to read with verse 7. We welcome all of our guests and all the families that are here today. We're so glad you're here. I'm going to tell you right now, sunshine outside make the bones fat. Anybody ready for spring? Yes. It's been a mild winter, but I'm ready for some sunshine, that's for sure. It is a great day to be at the house of God. And uh, look at your neighbor and say, you're blessed to sit beside me. Amen. Come on, tell them, all these people in the room, and you got me. I mean, no, it is a blessing to have the Lord beside us and with us. If he's on our side, we don't have to worry. Everything's going to be all right. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, everything's going to be all right. The devil's been lying to some of you, telling you it's not going to be all right, but the Lord said it's going to be all right. On Christmas Sunday, the Spirit of the Lord came over me, and I preached to you that joy is coming. Joy is coming. Guaranteed, without a doubt, joy is coming to your life. You have battled so many emotions that have come against you, but I'm telling you again, joy is coming, and the amener is going to get it. The believer is going to receive it. If you don't want it, look at your neighbor and say, you can have all the joy that's coming to me because I don't want any joy. But if you want it, you need to say, I want that joy. Somebody shout, I want that joy. The devil would love to destroy your life, but God has a word for you. He's got a plan for your life. Amen. You don't have to live in fear when Jesus is bringing you joy. Somebody shout, greater things are coming to my life. Oh, amen, amen. 1 Samuel chapter 30, reading with verse 7, and David said to Abba Athar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. That's the garment that you would wear to go before the Lord. It was a garment, a worship garment. It was, it was a garment of praise, if you will. And it, it was a holy garment. It's what you wore to seek God. And Abiathar brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after this truth? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail, recover all. Somebody shout, recover all. I really do believe this is for every single person in this room. There's times in life we deal with loss, but God said, if you go after it, you're going to overtake the enemy, and you're going to recover everything that you've lost. Recover all. Elbow two or three people and tell them, recover all. Amen, amen, amen. I want to preach for the next few minutes from a mess to a miracle. From a mess to a miracle. Now somebody shout, your mess is going to bring a miracle. Do you believe that today? You believe God's able to do anything without, with God all things are possible? Oh, clap your hands and praise him, the Bible says. And shout with a voice of triumph. Somebody shout hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. 
you may be seated. I, I do want to remind you of your list. Project 1000. Everybody say Project 1000. On Easter Sunday, we were believing to have over 1,000 people here for Easter. You are to make a list. You can find these in the, in the foyer. Make a list of people that you want to see here at church on Easter Sunday, hearing the gospel and celebrating his resurrection. Pray the list and then work the list or contact the list. Don't just leave it up to God to bring them. Call them, send them a text. Let them know you're praying for them and thinking about them. Want them to be at the house of God. I believe there's going to be a lot of miracles take place on Easter Sunday. There might as well be. He's going to be here. How many know that? And I'm glad to tell you in the last month we've baptized 31 people in Jesus' name. It's all right to get excited. The Bible says all heaven rejoice over one. 31 people. There's more to be baptized today that have given their life to God. People have been contacting me this week saying, hey, I have some people coming that want to be baptized. Amen, amen. Praise God. Life has a way of bringing surprises. David has been anointed to be the king of Israel. During this time, it was rejection. It was Saul throwing javelins at him. I've learned over the years that not everybody's going to be excited about what God's promoting me to. Not everyone's going to be excited about what God has in store for me. It's true, isn't it? Not everybody's excited. And Saul was very jealous and threw javelins and David had to run and he ends up at the king's gate and, and, and uh, in the Philistines and he starts praising God. He's like, I realize everybody's rejecting me and everything's going against me, but I'm going to praise him anyhow. David did. and he, 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 in that moment at the Philistine gate, and they thought he was a wild man. They never seen anybody praise God. They thought he was crazy. And here David is at the gate and he's, he writes the psalm at that moment. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. David understood when circumstance was against him that God was still for him. Somebody shout, God is still for me. I want to say today that if you make a mistake, God is still for you. If you sin, God is still for you. When family turns against you, God is still for you. When the boss gets grouchy, God's still for you. When you lose the job, God is still for you. You've got to understand, just because things do not turn out the way I think they're going to turn out does not mean that God is against me or God is against you. Everybody shout, God is for me. And David began to praise him at that moment. Somewhere he ends up in a cave. A dark place, a place that God told one prophet, what are you doing here? What are you doing in this dark cave? God spoke to Elijah one time and said, what are you doing here? David was in one of those places, hiding, feeling sorry for himself. You ever heard that pity parties? You ever had a pity party? Do you know the problem with pity parties? No one shows up. There's no gift sent to you. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But with David, when he got in the cave, he did have some people to come to him. People just like him. People that had been rejected. The Bible says they were in debt. They were distressed. They were discontented. They had been rejected by society and thrown out. There was 400 of them, and they gathered to David 
because birds of a feather. Misery loves my lands. We're on it today. He's miserable. He, he is. He's, he's at a low place. Seemed like ever since God, the prophet anointed me, I've had trouble. Seems like ever since the prophet told me I have a great future, I've had a battle. I've had rejection. I've had these things. And David gathers, these men gather to him and said, we heard you, you were here in the cave of Adullam and we just want you to be our leader. Isn't it amazing that what you feel is a really bad day, others around still see you in a great place? Really, the blessing of the Lord is you feel like it's a bad day. Let me just put it this way. Sometimes at church, when we think we're having a bad service, not as good as a service, there's people that come for the first time and say, Man, that's the most amazing service I've ever been at. We get used to things and things get another level. Let me just say this. David also made the statement. He said, he said, greater is one day in thy courts than a thousand elsewhere. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Just because things are going wrong doesn't mean God is absent from you. That's what I'm trying to say here today. And there's some days you come to church and you want to be here. There's other days you go to church and you have to be here. You need to be here. You need a miracle. The scripture says, until I came into the sanctuary, I was discouraged till I came into the house of God. I want you to know that your answer is in the room today. What you've been praying for and seeking for and running from and trying to get to, I'm going to tell you, God has a plan for your life. I'm preaching to some people today. He's going to turn it around. He is going to turn it around. These 400 men gathered, they said, we want you to be the captain over us. Isn't it amazing in his low point, in his dark moment, in his discouraged moment, they want him to be the leader? He must have somehow learned through consistent worship to hold his demeanor together. What was going on on the inside wasn't what was showing on the outside. We want you to be captain over us. We're in debt, we're distressed, we're discontented, but we see a future in us, in you. We see a future even in your low moment. We see that there's a future. Word spread, it's not long till there's 600 men that are now following David. You see, God gives you the strength to go through things that you cannot get over. God somehow gives you the strength to trouble, go through the trials of this life. My grandmother used to sing a song in church that said, she was singing, what would I do without Jesus? He's the shepherd of my valley. I couldn't walk this road alone. When I'm hungry, he feeds me. When I'm thirsty, he's my water. I couldn't make it without Jesus. What would I do? He didn't promise that you wouldn't have trouble. He didn't promise there would be no sickness. He didn't promise there would be no, no trial or loss. But what he did say, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. When people are throwing javelins at you, I'm protecting you. When you're trying to go into the cave, I'm just strategically putting you in places to gather a people that's going to become a mighty army. I'm telling somebody, your test is going to become a testimony. Your story is going to be a strength to somebody because it's not over till it's over. It's not over till it's over. Somebody shout, God's not done with me. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not done with you. All these things you've been through, the cave is going to become a giant training place. Your dark discouraged moment. It's going to be a place where it attracts future giant killers. 
David killed Goliath. How many know that? At a high moment in his life. But in a low moment in his life, God was putting future giant killers around him that he would train up to conquer four more giants. There's a story to be told. And in this, you'll find that David goes through and it's not long till the enemy is better to him than the people that should be good to him. It's not long until the king of Gath hands him a piece of property and the Philistine king actually gives David a piece of property and it was called Ziklag. Everybody say Ziklag. Z-I-K-L-A-G. David has his family there. These 600 men, they have their families there. It seems to be a carved out place of, of, of safe, it's prosperous, seems to be protecting. And David is there, the 600 men are there. It, it seems to be finally a relief from what has been going on. They're out of battling, they're doing some level of war, but their family's in a safe place. And when they get home to Ziklag, somewhere when they come over one of the hills, they can see the smoke coming up. I remember Cindy and I were driving down the road a few years ago and driving down through the hills of West Virginia and you could look in the far distance in the sky over the hill there was a boiling smoke coming up and we knew then there's something wrong. It wasn't just like somebody's bonfire. You remember that honey? When we got there, there was a tractor trailer on fire and uh, it was burning. It was, it was uh, it, you know, it, it got your heart going before you ever saw it and then you get there and you knew there was a problem when you saw the level of smoke. It would have been that way when David and his army came over the hill and they look and smoke is boiling up from where their home is. When they get there, you know what they were thinking. I hope everything's okay. I hope they're all right. And I imagine that the horses they were on began to take a little faster step and, and David and his army of men come over the horizon and when they get down, they see down in the valley where their family would have been staying and camped and lived. And when they get there, Everything is burnt to the ground. It, it, it's a sad day. It, it's not like a few weeks ago when they come back from one of their journeys and the, 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 the children were coming up and saying, Daddy, hey, Daddy. And the son was coming out. Oh, I'm so glad you're home. And embracing of a wife. And wasn't there. There was no one there. They had, Ziklag had been overtaken. It had been burnt. And now the family is gone. All the spoils been taken. All the sheep, all the cattle. If there was any camels, whatever they would have had in that day, it's all gone. And they, 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 they are there. I imagine they're running to their places where their family lives and, and would have lived and it's just smoldering smoke and ashes on the ground. Imagine how you'd feel if you come home and your house was burnt and you didn't know where the family was and uh, there's no cell service, there's no tracking devices, there's... There's no, there, there's no way of knowing. There's no level of communication. Nobody's around. It's just the smell of smoke. It could have happened. It, it could have happened a day or two ago. It could have been. Matter of fact, it might have been three days ago. As a matter of fact, when they and steal the, the the warmth of the ground from the fire, and yet there's not a family member in sight. And the scripture says that they began to weep until there was they could not weep anymore. You ever been there? to where you cry until you can't cry anymore. See, not everybody has, but there's some people even watching online today that have wept until you feel like you can't weep anymore. 
because of the loss. The scripture says they wept until there was no spirit within them. They, they could hardly even pick themselves up. And amazing sometimes when people grieve that they sometimes get angry. Angry at everything. Angry of why. How did this happen? You know what they did? At a low moment of grief, they turned to their captain. Turned to the man they asked to be their leader. And they looked at him and they were ready to stone David. It's your fault. Why did you bring us to this? Why did you allow this to happen? You were away. Why would you allow our families to be unprotected? They were ready to stone him. They were ready to kill him. They were so mad at David. And David had to step back for a minute and, and get, pull himself together. He, 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 is, he is battling regret, the loss of his own family, the loss of his own children. He is in regret of all of this. But the scripture says David stepped back and he encouraged himself in the Lord. Somebody shout, you got to encourage yourself. I'm not talking about self-help books right now. I'm not talking about encourage yourself and go run five miles and, and eat the right food and get your body together and, and start. I'm not talking about self-help right now. I'm talking about he encouraged himself in the Lord. See, there's some people trying to encourage themselves, but they're not doing it in the Lord, and it's a dead-end road. They just keep encouraging themselves. They try to feel better about themselves. But they, they, they do this cycle and they fall off of that cycle because you can only do so much encouraging and you end up looking at the same person in the mirror. But when you encourage yourself in the Lord, what you're saying is, God, I didn't ask to get on this journey. You called me on this journey. I'm not the one that took this trip. You're the one that called me on this trip. And I just believe enough that God, if you have brought me to it, you're gonna take me through it. If you brought me this far, you're gonna leave me here by myself. I'm not gonna be left stranded on the side of a zigzag. I just believe God, it's not over. So you know what I need? I need a priest, I need the preacher. I need to get to a sanctuary. I, I've got to get somewhere. And he went in and knocked on the priest's door. He said, I need a word from the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, there will be moments. You're going to need a word from the Lord. Come on, anybody need a word from God? You need, a, you need an understanding it's not over yet. You just need some encouragement that, hey, my family's not over yet, that the trial, the trouble, it, it, it's not going to be my final, that, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, not to the valley, but I'm coming through the valley. This is not your final destination. Hey, I know Ziklag's burnt. I know there's been loss in your life, but this is not the final destination. God's got something better. God's got something great around the corner. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't give up. Something great is about to happen. Somebody shout, greatness is around the corner. I want you to look at two or three people and tell them something great is just around the corner. Don't you dare let suicide thoughts come to your mind. The devil's trying to lie to you because there's something better around the corner. Don't you say that your life's not worth living. Don't say that you can't get better. Don't say that all you've ever done is all you'll ever be. I come to tell you life is around the corner. Eternal life is just ahead of you. Don't quit. Don't give up. Get up. I said to somebody, get up and go get what God has for you. Clap your hands and praise him today. Greatness 
is around the corner. Praise God. Amen. Somebody shout, you're preaching to me, preacher. I am preaching to you. Because while I'm telling the truth, the devil's been lying to you. Look, if God was with you, none of this would happen. Oh, really, if you'd ever really, if Samuel was truly a prophet, none of this ever happened. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're just, uh, you're, you're, you're just, you got make-believe make faith. You just got some false religious concept of humanism. You're just going through the motions because if God really cared, this wouldn't be this way. You need to stand up and defy every word and say, I remember when I was on a mountainside and God visited me. In these moments, you got to look back and say, I remember a day that there was a Goliath in my life that was much greater than me, but something come over me. It was the spirit of the Lord. I could not have conquered that Goliath if God hadn't been with me. And if he was with me then, he's with me right now and he's going be with me tomorrow. I'm not quitting because if God's with me, he's greater than the situation. He's greater than the sickness. He's greater than the trouble. He's greater than the chaos. He's greater. Somebody shout, he's greater. Look at, look at your neighbor and say, he's greater. And if he can measure the heavens with the span of his hand. Oh yeah. The, 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 the moon is, and the sun is 93 million miles away. 3,000 times larger than the earth. The earth rotates in a perfect orbit that you can set your watch to it. I hope you set your watch to it last night. Gain a little daylight. Lose a little sleep. I don't know about you, but it's a hard time waking up this morning. Can I get a witness from somebody? Perfect orbit. Winter's coming. Spring's coming. Summer's coming. Fall's coming. You don't have to pray about it. It's going to happen. It's just going to happen. Seasons of life, they're going to happen. And to think that God, when I was growing up in Sunday school, he's got the whole world. Do you believe that? He's got the whole wide world. He's got the whole world. Got the whole world in his hand. He's got me and you. Mom and dad, come on, you remember, you thought of everywhere. Uncle and auntie, my school teacher and the principal. You know, you know how you do when you're a kid. You know. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's not surprised by where you are. And instead of speaking doubt, you got to realize that a God that's not mesmerized by a huge Universe that he created at his spoken word. He is not intimidated by where you are, but he is limited to what you say. He's not intimidated by your sickness. He's not intimidated by the, by the situations you're in. He's not sitting back and saying, oh, I don't know, I don't know what I'm gonna do. No, that's what you're doing. We gonna do? What no, no, no. You know what you need to do? You need to understand that the word is not the even in thy mouth. That's the word of faith which we preach. That you, you, your future is gonna be determined by what you speak. That's why the amen was so important. The promises of God are yea and amen. When the preacher's preaching the yea, that's the promise. What I'm preaching to you right now. The Bible says that the promises of the Lord are yea 
That's when it's spoken and the amen is from the believer that says, I believe that. So when I'm preaching to you that this is not final, this is just a pass-through, that's where you say amen. This is not my, my final destination. I'm not gonna die in the valley. I'm gonna come through the valley. I'm not staying here. I'm coming out with joy. I'm coming out with peace. Come on, am I preaching to anybody? I'm coming out healed. I'm coming out better. The marriage is gonna get better. Somebody say amen. Do you really believe it? He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you if a God can do all of that in space he can take care of your situation amen David encouraged himself in the Lord and that's what he was doing God's with me, God's for me I just need to go talk to him for a moment, instead of quitting go talk to God put on the linen ephod if you will I know you don't own one but it is, it, is a, it is a determination of yourself that says, I'm just going to go worship God for a little bit. Heaven is your throne. And the earth is your footstool. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And earth was without form and void. And darkness was up on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters. And he said, let there be light. And there was light. And he said, separated the light from darkness. And the light he called day. And the darkness he called night. He divided the firmaments in the heaven. Oh yeah, he pulled the land up out of the sea and created all the animals we know and the fish of the sea and the great whales and the blue whales and the ants and the spiders and all the big things and the small things. It was all done creating the cattle and all the animals, all the herbs and all the apple trees and all, all the banana pepper plants and the cucumbers. And the potatoes, it's time to plant potatoes. All that stuff he created, he put so much seed within it. Eat one tomato plant, look how many seeds are in it because God wants it to continue. Look at all the banana peppers. Slice them over the cayenne pepper. You ever done that? There's a little trick to banana peppers. If you don't like it too hot, you just slice it down the side, open it up and cut out the veins and all the, get all the seeds out. It'll be good. You can treat it to your own level. And I hear you saying, I don't care. Why are you talking about that for? Because I got the microphone. Amen. <laughs> but you're looking at all kinds of seeds are in that. Because God wants it to continue. God put a whole bunch in you because he wants you to continue. Quit talking about it's over when God made you to continue. The Bible says the seed is within itself. You've got words of, that's why the Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. You've got to determine what you're going to speak. It's over or it's going to continue. I'm done or there's more. This is, this is all I'll ever be or there's greatness around the corner. It's up to you what you speak. You've got to stop talking death when God put life in your tongue. Amen. Amen. I'm going to talk to some parents here just for a moment. You need to get encouraged and start speaking life to your kids. You are smart. You are going to be something great. I know you made a mistake today, but this mistake's failure is not final. You get up and let's try this all over again. Get up. There's greatness in you. God's got a plan. God's got a future. Am I preaching to anybody here today that can say, I'm not going to die in my dilemma. I'm coming out of this dilemma, and I'm going to come out blessed. I'm going to come out prosperous. I'm going to come out with the hand of God. Clap your hands and praise him.
right, let's wrap this up. God, do I, do I pursue or do I stay? Will I overcome them or will I not? And the Lord said, pursue and you will recover all. Somebody shout, you're going to recover all. The Lord said, you're going to overtake them and recover all. I submit to this congregation that every time your kids go to school, the devil is trying to destroy their life. I submit to you that every day you get up, the devil is trying to attack your marriage. There's an enemy called the Amalekite. He doesn't want you to be blessed. From the moment you got out of bondage, he was trying to stop you from getting what God had for you. But there's got to be somebody in this room that says, I'm not going to let the enemy rob me anymore. I'm not going to let the enemy take from me anymore. I'm not going to let the enemy take from me what God has blessed me with. So what seems to be missing is on borrowed terms. Somebody shout, it's just borrowed terms. The enemy thinks he has your purpose, but he's about to give it back. He doesn't know it yet. He thought he destroyed your, your faith, but what he doesn't understand is you've got more faith than he could ever take. You're going to stand up and proclaim, God's not done with my family. God's not done with me. Come on, I'm preaching to some people here right now. I'm coming out. Would you stand your feet and clap your hands and shout, God's not done with me. As I come to a close, just remain standing. Greater things are yet to come. Brother Nehemiah, get ready to sing that song in just a moment. Hey, men, men, I know you're angry. I know you've had loss. Men, listen, drop your stones. The Lord has spoken to me. He said to go, to, he said to go after the enemy and that we will recover all. Must have been something that stirred their soul because they got up and went. And on their way, they came to a brook called Besor. And 200 of the men were so tired for the geo that they could not cross the brook. David, I don't know how to explain it. I can't move an inch. Tim was so sick the other day, over a week ago. He said, Dad, I can't. I can't even walk. I was sick. I had to pick him up and carry him through the house. Just weary. Weary. They said, We're so tired, we can't move. You, I hate it. I feel guilty, but you got to go without me. 400 men went with David. And he gets over there and guess what? He finds an Egyptian boy, a young man, on the path to recover their family. Brother BJ, when he saw the Egyptian boy, he stopped. Come here, Tucker. Be seated just a minute so you can see this. I'm closing. Lay right down the step. Now you got to look real shabby like. He's sick. Loosen your tie a little bit. There you go. And uh, I think you need some tissues. Would you get him some tissues? Let's make him look sick here for a minute. 
He probably didn't have tissues back then. There's an Egyptian man laying there. And they come up to him and they said, uh, hey, we, man, this guy, hey, get, get him some raisins and get him some bread and get him, get him something to drink. I can tell that this man's sick. And come find, he hadn't eaten in three days. Had anything to eat. He said, who are you? He said, I am a, I am a slave or a servant of an Amalekite. He said, I'm very, very sick. But let's, let's help him. They understand that sometimes in the pursuit to get back what belongs to you, we can rush past things that God's called us to. It's what we call survival mode instead of thrival mode. That we're just rushing through life, rushing to work, trying to get, trying to get caught up, trying to get. I can't tell you how people I've seen lose because they were trying to get caught up. No time for God. No time for things. No time because they just couldn't go to church because they had. They were in survival mode. But notice the wisdom of David. He stops to take care of a weak individual. What's your name? Where are you from? What's going on? And he looks at a wounded, sick Young man with four, you know, imagine, you know, imagine what 400 men probably trying to say, What are we doing stopping here? Go. I, I want my wife. I want my kids. Hold on just a minute. Quit rushing to recovery and stop and listen to the need of somebody that needs something that you still have. You see, you lost a lot, but you haven't lost everything. You still have more than some. Let's feed him. Boy, he, he gets him and, and gets him some bread and gets him some water. He's up here and talk to him a minute. He, he slid off his horse. He's sitting talking to this guy. He had a bunch of impatient 400 soldiers. He's looking at him and said, uh, tell him a little bit about your story. What's going on? Well, I'm sick. <laughs> Hand sanitizer in the information booth. And he looks at him. Tell me what happened. He said, I'm a servant of an Amalekite. And he said, we just came through Ziklag and we burned it. Hold on now. This guy is a guy that just robbed your house. And is dying. And he's sick. And David says to him, well, let's get him something to eat. Let's, let's help this man. And he says to him, can you tell us where they are? Where do they go? He said, matter of fact, will you take us to them? He said, I will. If you'll promise not to kill me and you'll promise not to turn me back over to, that, to my master. Here's the message. On the road of recovering all, you got to take time to get hate out of your heart. You got to take time to help somebody else. Because the strategy in recovery is in a sick Egyptian slave. 
God will always place in the path of recovery somebody that needs what you have. Because if you're not careful in the road of recovery, you'll think you have nothing. But the only way to recover is to understand I still have something. Some of you are wounded and you're hurting and you got that and you, the devil's made you feel like, well, I don't have anything to offer. I don't have anything to give. That's never true. For to every man is dealt a measure of faith. You've got enough good right now to bless somebody because there's somebody that has less than what you have. You can't receive until you give. And on the way, you can stand now. And on the way, come with me. And on the way to recovering all, God presents an opportunity for you to give because you can't receive until you give. I want you to look at three people and tell them there's an Egyptian in your path. And if you will take time to minister to the Egyptian, you're going to recover all. I forgive you. I forgive what life has done to me. I forgive the family that's come against me. I forgive what you've done in Ziklag. I'm going on. You can go with me. I'm not going to leave you here to die. I'm going to take you with me. In every recovery, there's a, there's a, there is a recovery in your path. How many believe this? Don't you stop church. Don't you stop ministry. Don't you stop caring for people because you've had loss in your life. You get up and bless somebody. There's still some raisins to give. There's still some water. It's where it's at. The Bible says that he led them to the Amalekites and they were dancing and partying. They never saw it coming and David took 400 men and went down and they had not killed or touched one of the wives or any of the children, all the sheep, all the oxen, everything was there. Matter of fact, all the spoil they had taken from all the enemies was there. And David and 400 men went and destroyed every single enemy and recovered everything and what they had stolen from other places. What I'm saying is if you won't quit, greater's around the corner. You're not only going give it, to get it back, you're going to get more than you had when you were in Ziglag if you'll just hold on a little while. Bless somebody. Help somebody. Come on, are there any people here that says, there's some things I need to recover. But on the journey, I'm going to help an Egyptian slave. I'm going to help somebody. Lift your hands to the Lord and say, I know greater things are yet to come. I know greater things are yet to come. God, there's greatness in my family. There's greatness in my ministry. There's greatness in my purpose. Servitude. It's not just going to be something I do. It's going to be who I am. I can't leave somebody hurting beside the road. I've got to help somebody because I'm recovering all. I'm recovering all. Everybody shout, he recovered all. I want you to pray right now, God. The Lord's going to make a way. God's going to work some miracles here today. That you can't just get in survival mode. You've got to get in thrival mode. Oh, God, you're going to use me on the journey to recovery. I'm going to get things back. I'm going to get my joy back, my peace back, my ministry back. I really am. I'm going to get, I'm going to get peace and happiness back. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Everybody says amen. Let's bow our heads right now and pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
God, I'm sorry for my sins. I want everybody in the room to begin to say that. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my unbelief. I'm sorry for taking on the road of recovery instead of giving on the road of recovery. I'm sorry for only thinking about me. Oh God, today, I want change in my life. Lord, I've been in a zigzag moment. I feel like the fields have been burnt. Everything I've worked so hard for is gone. God, today I need a change. I want to be right. I want my heart to be right. I want my spirit to be pure. I'm tired of being angry and deceived. I want to come out of this, oh God. I'm ready for a new life. I'm ready for a new start. I'm ready to begin again. The past is the past. I'm about to embrace my future that God has for me. Lord, in Jesus' name, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're here today and you feel like you've been in zigzag, raise your hand. A lot of hands up today. But God's bringing recovery to your life. I promise you, I tell you, by the power of God, there's probably 30 hands that went up just now that said, I'm in a zigzag moment. No one's going to embarrass you, but I want you to come. We want to pray with you. If you've been in a zigzag moment, I want you to come and stand on the altar. Ministry team, our ministry team, I want you to come and help us pray. Just come and stand on the altar. You raise your hand. I saw so many hands. This is your moment to say, I'm saying amen to my promise. I'm coming out of zigzag. I'm coming out of loss. I'm coming out of hurt. Today, I'm claiming what God has for me. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.